You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Oh, look here. I got one. I got one. Look here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Woo, look at that son gun, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television on Wild TV in Canada and the Versus Network January through June. Hey, guys, it's Outdoors Dan, and Aaron Martin and I will be speaking this week on with Steve Clapper from Ohio concerning his approach to fishing the upper Midwest and specifically Lake Erie. In addition, Jamie Cypress from Legend Boats will be joining us later in the program. And don't forget, we will always answer the listener email questions and give away some great prizes to this week's lucky winner. It's all right here after this. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Hi guys, Outdoors Dan here. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television. And speaking of Bass Edge TV, here's your host every week, Aaron Martin. Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? You know what? It's summer. I'm ready for uh, I'm ready for the fall. You know me. I'm more of a fall guy. But, you know, for as far as summers go, I tell you, there's a lot of fishing to be had right now. Well, you know, and you're exactly right. And a lot of times we're often deterred by the heat. I know I certainly am. But uh, if you stay out there and grind and, and stay on those biting fish, it can be an extremely, extremely productive bite. And also, you know, one of the things about the summer is that's, that's nice is you have the night fishing that factors into that also. Yeah, you know, night fishing can be really productive. And, you know, for me, Aaron, being more of an amateur than a pro like yourself, I actually enjoy night fishing because there's less traffic on the lake. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and it's cooler temperatures and, and just the, I, th- I think there's a certain element of surprise that's added because, you know, I'm a big line watcher and, you know, when, when you have the uh, uh, visibility of, of being able to watch that line and kind of that sense that's about you, uh, there's just something about when you feel that tug or that explosion on a topwater or tug on the end of your line from a worm or a jig perspective at night that, you, you know, you just don't see it until it's right up at the end, uh, at the edge of the boat. So. Well, I tell you what, it, you're exactly right. It's all about the anticipation of feeling that tug. I love it. You know, you've got a lot going on. Uh, you guys are now on Wild TV in Canada, so that means you're on break from Versus right now. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, we're on break until January, but the the good news is um, for our northern fans, uh, we started uh, actually on Wild TV, so uh, that's certainly a, a very, very positive highlight. And, you know, the other thing is that, believe it or not, we've actually started uh, production uh, for Season 2, so... Uh, we're Bass Edge family is out and about, and we're, we don't have to worry about anything, uh, uh, figuring out what we're going to do next. Yeah, you know what? It goes quick on, on production side. It just seems like you wrap something up, and it's time to get going again. And it doesn't leave you a lot of room for rest, does it? No, no, but, you know, I, I can't complain because I've, I have the ability to, to do what I love. And, and we've met so many great people, and, and that's the fun of it is being able to catch fish and share this experience, you know, with others. And, uh, man, I'm, I tell you what, I'm, I'm really living a dream. I know you are. Hey, you know, speaking of dreams, I saw you on Fox Sports the other day. I was kind of watching out for my TV show, and 
I was I, I can't remember the name of the program now. I just said I just it, totally lost it. It was on uh, it was through Fox and um, what it was it was the Ranger tournament. There you go. I, I didn't even realize it was going to be televised, but uh, the good news is that uh, my partner and I we actually won that Table Rock event uh, right. down there, so we get to go to the uh, the Forestwood Cup. Uh, which is going to be held uh, at the end of, of July, the first part of August, down on Wachita. What was the name of it? Um, the lake. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a Lake Wachita in Arkansas. Three times, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. So where exactly is that? It's um, north central, I guess, would be the easiest way to put it, to, as far as in in Arkansas. But it's right next to Lake Hamilton, out of Hot Springs, Arkansas. Oh, that should be some really good fishing. Though. Oh, it's phenomenal, and it's a, just a beautiful lake. Um, and it's tremendous, tremendous grass, and I, I really believe that's where the that's where the tournament's going to be won is fishing out of that grass. But it has just numerous islands. It's kind of in the highlands of Arkansas. Has a lot of uh, the Ozark Mountains around it, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, you're going to have top the Top 80 FLW guys there competing for a million bucks. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you were just telling me that you were up on Lake Erie, and you had to kind of go to a different method of fishing, and you want to tell the folks about that? Well, you know, and, and normally I don't like to give away uh, secrets before the show airs, but I, I do have to tell you, this was, I am so fired up about this. I had the ability to uh, fish with Sean Hernke, which is an FLW competitor, and he showed me something that is definitely worthy of, of passing on. Um, but we were fishing for smallmouths, and the, the the situation there is obviously we're we're fishing you know 15 to 20 miles offshore, but because of the depth, which you know was about 18 to 30 feet, fishing on these ridges, you know there's a lot of zebra mussels and a lot of rocky bottoms, and you have to worry about you know line being cut and things like that. But uh, there was a, a technique that he showed me using braided line that that um, is just phenomenal. And what it is is he uses braided line, but he ties about an 8-foot uh, liter of fluorocarbon. Uh, in this case, we were using 6-pound tests because of the water clarity and then also just the sheer sensitivity. But we used a uninot to actually attach that liter to the braid. And I, I have to tell you, I was so impressed. And in all my angling years, this is something that you know I just wasn't privy to. And the the no stretch of that braid and then coupled with the sensitivity of of that um, fluorocarbon on the end, we just absolutely slayed them. And that's about all I've got to say about that. But I I want to encourage our listeners that you know if if you can use go to braid on your spin cast, employ that that uninot with that leader coupled with that fluorocarbon. I promise you it's it's going to increase uh, increase your success. Well, that sounds exciting. You know, it's got to be hard for you going into a a, a a tournament situation and having to change your line strategy. That's got to be stressful. You know, it is, but what you try and do ahead of time is prepare for the conditions. You know, you try and do as much research via the Internet through talking uh, with other anglers and competitors uh, to prepare yourself as much as possible. But, um, you know, the great thing is I was using those Ardent Reels, which they have interchangeable spools, and I always um, keep all of my, my spools with different poundage and different types of lines. So it's not as bad as what you think. But, um, you know, I'm certainly very excited to to employ that back here in the Midwest and some of the other lakes uh, other than just, you know, the northern lakes of using that braided fluorocarbon combo. Well, that's a different strategy. You know, and with this time of year, Aaron, with the summer being what it is, those fish are going to be in all different areas. Uh, and, you know, summer trends on fish, change every day. Can you enlighten our uh, listeners about what they need to look for right now? Well, you're exactly right. You know, traditionally summertime uh, morning is obviously the time to where most think of top water. Uh, you definitely want to keep that kind of at the forefront of your radar screen. But then, you know, that thermocline, which that's where the, 
the temperature changes uh, based upon the depth. You know, depending on where you're at, that thermocline has a lot to do with that fish being comfortable. And mm-hmm. there's times throughout the day when those fish will move up. And one of the things that I like to concentrate on is, you know, whether it be channel swings that's adjacent where they have ledges uh, for those fish to move up and, and feed, but they don't have to travel a long distance uh, to be able to move back to the residence in those deeper brush piles or suspended over those treetops. You know, lakes like Table Rock, the predominant bite, you know, is going to be, you know, drop shotting, fishing vertically uh, for those suspended fish, those spotted bass that's over those treetops, whether be with a spoon or a four-inch, um, you know, soft, some sort of soft plastic using your electronics to, you know, all the way uh, at the Potomac to where you're fishing, you know, with the tide as that tide moves. Once that current kicks in, it's going to bring that cooler water, gets that water moving, you know, fresher oxygenated water, and you're just going to follow those grass lines to down south, you know, to where you may be punching actual grass mats to where there's not a lot of current, but they're, you know, seeking the shade of those grass mats or those lily pads. Um, to be able to uh, to seek out the cooler water. So, you know, main thing is when you're when you're summertime fishing, you just got to keep grinding it out. But the other thing is you got to be careful not to get too hot. You know, it's yeah. there, there's just some high temperatures that's out there right now. No, I tell you what, they're like humans. I mean, they're gonna, every lake's going to have a different personality to it, and it's amazing to me just being from you know, like I said, I've been fishing 30 years, and I, I find fish by accident more than I do on purpose. <laughs> well, and you know, but you bring up a good point. Finding fish by accident is is no accident at all because that simply just means that you're putting yourself open to um, discovering new patterns. I mean, if we all have these preconceived notions or ideas that the fish have to be in this particular situation or particular structure, then what we've essentially done is we've closed our minds to being able to, you know, explore and search out um, new possibilities or, or new areas to where fish might might be holding. And, you know, I'm just a firm believer that, that there's always some fallow, shallow fish, rather, uh, that will bite and um, I, I don't want to get too much of a focus on that all the fish are, are deeper, but, um, you know, it's, it's just remaining open and just going out there and experimenting and, you know, not being scared to fail. Yeah, well, folks, there's a lot of information for you in our first segment on The Edge. And tell you what, we need to take a short break, Aaron. you mind uh, if we go ahead and do that? No, let's do that. All right, folks, when we come back, we're going to have Steve Clapper. Aaron, I understand that's going to be a great interview. Oh, this is one for the, this is definitely one for the record books. Well, there you go. If you want to learn about techniques used for Lake Erie, folks, you want to tune in right after this short break. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 towing pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The Tow and Stow Receiver Hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. Okay, we are back on the edge, and I would like to welcome our next guest, and that is FLW Tour competitor, Mr. Steve Clapper. Steve, thanks so much uh, for being part of the edge. Well, thanks for inviting me, Aaron. You bet. It's a pleasure. And I've uh, actually, ever since that we have had uh, this interview scheduled, I've I've looked very forward to to talking with you about kind of what takes place in the upper Midwest and uh, Lake Erie and St. Clair and some of the different bodies of water that you fish. But, you know, before we get into that and the techniques, you know, how in the world did you get into into the sport of fishing? Well, uh, I I had one of them good fathers that uh, that took me fishing. 
mainly it started out uh, we we crappie fished. Uh, he wasn't much of a bass fisherman, but uh, he took me fishing and got me interested in it. And uh, kind of the the funny story about it is uh, he, he went on a uh, flying trip, and this is many years back. Uh, just to uh, you'll know by the bait. And he came home with a floating Rapala, and uh, he was up in Canada, and he, this was a new bait, and uh, he bought one, just one. And he said the guide told him that it was a good bass bait. So at that time, I was in, uh, uh, I suppose, about a freshman in high school, and uh, my, now my wife, uh, I went over to see her, and she had a pond, and I took my Zebco 33 and my my uh, Rapala, and uh, I cast it out and never twitched it or done anything. And about a which I told my dad was a five pound bass, ended up a two and a half. Hit that and I caught it, and I've been hooked ever since. In fact, I married her just so I could fish in the pond. So I tell her. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good relationship to have, then. All right. Well, it's uh, uh it's never wore off. Uh, the, the relationship, or we'll be married 40 years here uh, in August, and uh, the fishing's never wore off either. Well, and, and congratulations on that, too. But, you know, that brings up a good point of how, you know, just how critical the support is to, to be able to enjoy this, uh, you know, the great sport of fishing to its fullest. Oh, definitely. Without her, I'd be nothing. Now, have you always, you know, did you grow up... Um, you know, there in Ohio, or was that a place that you reloc- relocated to? Or? No, I, I grew up here in Ohio. I've lived uh, in the Lyme area all my life. And, you know, how much, because obviously you're a, you're, you're a contender regardless of where you go, but you're certainly also very, very well known, um, you know, specifically in the Lake Erie, Lake St. Clair. But how, how big of a difference is it fishing in that upper Midwest area you know, versus other parts of the lake that you go that you go to fish. Well, it it, it is really a, a, a big difference. Uh, my first uh, introduction to the South was in the, in Dale Hollow, and uh, this has been a lot of years back, thirty some years back. And uh, you know, that's uh, we caught fish six pound test line and a little hair jig and. Uh, uh, fished a lot of deep water, you know, long points, and, and uh, really only got to fish that a couple times a year, but uh, and, and never really mastered it. But uh, I, I really enjoyed it in, in the uh, looking for different stuff down there. But uh, when you know coming back up here and, and getting acquainted uh, with uh, Lake Erie, it's a whole different ball game. Uh, well, you bring up a good point. I mean, you know. I think of, you know, I'm used to fishing what I consider larger reservoirs or bodies of water, but when you say get acquainted with Lake Erie, I mean, you know, that can be extremely intimidating because that is a big, big body of water. Yeah. Right, right, it, it, it really is. And, uh, you, you know, we travel uh, long distances in a bass boat, and, and that's... Uh, what are what would you say would be? I mean, obviously, I know it depends on time of year, but what are some of the like? What, for instance, what's the longest run that you've made? Well, the longest run I've made was a, a 180 miles round trip. Wow! wow. Uh, it's uh, you know conditions have to be right, and, and you take a big gamble, and the fish have to bite. You, you know, you don't have long to fish, and it's a 
I've made some of those runs that, that have paid off, you know, and it's uh, you're a hero. But I've been on on uh, several that that you run and they don't bite near zero. You know, you don't have time to recoup and, and go anywhere else. You got your marbles on one basket, you know. You know, and how speaking of conditions. Um you know, especially for beginning anglers that are, are trying to get into the sport, you know, even just from a recreational standpoint, uh, to enjoy what Lake Erie has to offer, you know, that that can be a body of water that you can get in trouble in from a weather perspective. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. You, you getting into it, you need to you need to go with somebody that has experience. Uh, the, the the one of the main things that happens is is they, they get in trouble and they panic. That's the first thing that'll get you in trouble. If if you're well acquainted with your boat, you know you need to start and stay close to the shore uh, uh, when you're beginning. Uh, you don't take them long voyages. You, you've got to do specific things to your equipment. You have to tie down your trolling motors with uh, great amounts of of uh, brackets and a lot of us are using uh, uh, ram mounts on the on the brackets plus straps uh, you, you have to uh, have uh, good fasteners in on your electronics because uh, uh, I've seen a lot of newcomers come you know and, and they take off and uh, they get in trouble they lose their their depth finders their trolling motor brackets there's just a, a, a whole lot of things that uh, you have to prepare for. The, the, the real thing is, is, is they need to go with somebody uh, and get acquainted with it. And, 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 just, and are guides uh, plentiful in that area, you know, for someone that's, that's wanting to, to kind of learn the area? Uh, there, there are a few, yes. Uh, and, and they would, uh, I, I know three or four of them, and, and they'd be happy, you know, to uh, show them all the, the little uh, pointers that uh, you have to do with your equipment. You know, you, you have to definitely make sure you got good rod straps. You know, you're laying on the deck, you're, they're going to get washed off or, or you hit a wave and, and uh, they bounce out. You, you have to do uh, several things <laughs> for fishing on the big water. So beyond the, let's say, the, you know, the equipment preparation is there, um, but then to, you know, let, let's just pick a, let, let's just say, Post spawn, for instance. You okay. Know. Well, post spawn is what what we're really dealing with up here on uh, on Lake Erie and Lake St. Clair right now. These fish are, are, are there's still a few late spawners, but the the majority of them are, are finished up and in post spawn, and and they really they they start migrating out off those flats, those spawning flats, and and uh, come out to the the edges, uh, the contour edges. And, and they'll kind of group up out there, and and uh, but so are these normally the flats that are located offshore, or uh, mainly uh, they can be offshore, but ma mainly uh, onshore, uh, you know, on island shores or or mainland shores, uh, as as the we'll say the most spawning activity. I see. And and uh, after they spawn, there's there's a period, and in fact, we're in part of it right now that. Uh, a period of a couple of weeks that it's it's really hard to catch a fish that's that's over three pounds. They just kind of after the spawn go off and suspend. And uh, as as you know, a suspended fish is a really hard fish to catch. No doubt, no doubt. But uh, they're they're grouping up now uh, a little bit in in some areas. And uh, the the next thing is the water as the water warms up, 
there'll there'll be a lot of the big fish will start heading off into uh, what I call their summer homes. Uh, they go into the uh, we'll say the 24 to 36 foot uh, on the uh, isolated structures, uh, deep humps, uh, underwater ridges, uh, ledges, and uh, uh, wrecks. They'll they'll go out and uh, get in that summer pattern, and and that's what us us guys that fish up there a lot. That's what we really look forward to because that's when you can really home in on a big stringer. So, what is like during let's say that time? You know, what is what is a what would it take to to let's say win a tournament up there? <laughs> I, I've uh, I've seen twenty pounds and I get a check. Wow. But, uh, I mean, that's that's an uncommon deal. That's when there's a real strong bite. But Are you catching a mixed bag, or is it... No, this is, this is all smallmouth. Uh, there, there are some real good largemouth in both lakes. Um, but it's... Uh, I've, I've always said before I quit this, this tournament deal, I, I would love to win one on largemouth. But it, you've got, everything's got to be lined up, uh, you know, Mostly the, the largemouth are done spawning and a chance to catch a big stringer before the season comes in. Mm-hmm. Your only other time is really in the fall. But uh, it, it can happen, uh, say, if you get a big blow and, and uh, they can't get to the, to the big, deep structures. I, I, I look forward here in, in the near future to see a, a largemouth uh, stringer win a tournament. And then, you know, as you're targeting, whether it be, and you know, let's just break it down into both categories, you know, from on smallmouth as you, uh, when you're targeting these wrecks and these offshore ledges and, and some of the humps or the largemouth and things like that, you know, what are some of the techniques that you're going to apply to, to pick apart those structures? There, there's kind of a, we'll say, a, uh, what I would have on, on the deck of my boat, uh, for those deepest structures would would be a definitely drop shot rod. Uh, I would have a tube rod. Uh, I would I would have a either uh, a blade bait uh, like a silver buddy or type lure or a jigging spoon, and I'd also have a Carolina rig. With that uh, four or five rods, uh, you can pretty much pick apart uh, the deep structure. Even uh, for uh, you know, if you have fairly strong winds. Mm-hmm. And are you, you are you mainly like, for instance, with the blade bait and the drop shot rig? Are you, are you fishing those vertically, or are you you know? Well, both. I'm casting them and I'm fishing vertically. Okay. Uh, now, are you watching those fish on your electronics when you're fishing for them vertically? Right. The, the electronics is is the the big deal. Uh, I, I like to either fish a. Uh, 45 degree angle like with a drop shot or or a blade bait uh, I like to pitch it towards the structure and the as far as electronics we all run a GPS on the front end the back and uh, you, you know you, you can get by without putting a buoy out and uh, come right up over but it yeah if you can get on like on on wrecks or on these deep humps and, and you can set on top of them I love to fish vertical especially with the drop shot the drop shot here in the last several years uh, with with our uh, introduction to the gobies uh, into the Great Lakes uh, the smallmouth are feasting on the gobies and and, uh, and 
course, that's we have Bates, uh, Poor Boys Gobi was uh, the first imitation, and uh, it won many tournaments that first year and and, and since. But uh, it's probably the the Gobi imitations is one one of the the best drop shot baits that you can you can put down the front of. And then on the tube, are you rigging that? You know, how, how do you rig the tube to? Uh, the, the tube. Uh, using a uh, inside head, lead head inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I use a, uh, a a grand array of, of weights, but uh, I, I like to use uh, in, in the summertime. I like to use a heavy uh, head, uh, a half or five eighths. Is that because of due to the depth that you're fishing? Well, the depth and and, and the technique that I like to fish is I like to snap it. Kind of like how the boys at Kentucky Lake stroke a jig. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a reaction bite. Then that's uh, you can trigger a fish uh, a lot of times on, uh, we'll say a dead flat day. You know when you, uh, you you know you just can't get anything to go and it's uh, kind of like a jerk bait thing. It's a reaction bite. Right. You know, shift gears just a little bit here uh, as as we close out. I've heard a lot of times about you know guys that uh, never personally had this experience but you know guys on rough days that they'll go ahead to to attempt to win a tournament or something you know to make that run and you know treacherous conditions and they're standing in the middle of the boat trying to fish you know any of that ring a bell to you or <laughs> yeah i've been there and done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's there's probably some times that i shouldn't have went and i and i don't I've had guys ask me, you know, sitting there in the morning, what do you think, man? Do you think it's safe enough to go? I don't I never like to tell anybody. I, I, I have great respect for the big water, but I, I also know my equipment, and and uh, I'm comfortable with uh, getting back safe. Sure. Uh, but there's been times that I haven't went. And and guys have went ahead and went, and uh, but I just you know there's it's it's a lot of fun and and you want to win, but there there's a limit, you know. And uh, I I try to keep my head on. And, but well, I, I have been out there for when it was really bad. And what do you use as a gauge for that? You know, to know. I mean. Well, uh, uh, one thing that I didn't mention earlier was uh, you you want to have a marine radio. At least a handheld and a cell phone, and and you need to have those in a sealed up, watertight bag. Uh, I mean, these there's there's some of these handhelds are waterproof. I have one that, but your cell phone's not going to do any good with it's wet. And, and if you take a a bad wave and and fill the boat, and and like I say, a lot of guys I, I've done that many times. Uh, but you don't panic. You pump it out, you know, and and uh, you need to have uh, at least two bilge pumps. You, you just don't don't panic. Well, and that's that's such great advice, you know. And and I think uh, with the cautions of, like you said, not panicking and respecting, you know, the big water, knowing your equipment, those are keys. But you know, Lake Erie, um, since we're talking about that, also has some great days to offer to where I'm sure to where the the water and the conditions, you know. Are quite pleasant to be out on as well. Oh, most definitely. We've had some uh, uh, really flat days here uh, recently. Uh, I hope they continue. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's again, it's back to knowing your equipment and being 
comfortable. Uh, don't go just because it's uh, there's a bunch of other guys going and you don't you've never never experienced it because it's uh, it'll get you in trouble in a hurry. Check your ego at the boat ramp, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, listen, Steve, I, I would love to, to be able to, to carry on, but we are simply out of time. I I sincerely appreciate so much uh, your, your vast knowledge on the multiple techniques that we talked about, but also just, you know, the respect for the water and, and preparing those uh, of us who will venture out on Lake Erie. And I just want to thank you for being part of, part of the edge and wish you best of luck at the upcoming FLW Tour Tournament. Well, Aaron, I really appreciate that, and I thank you for having me on. You bet. Dan, so uh, what did you think of that interview being a, kind of a more of a smaller water type fisherman? Well, you know, I was going to ask you, how big was the, the legend boat that you guys were in? Uh, you know, <laughs> they're 21 foot. It's an Alpha 21, and as, as nice and as sturdy and as great ride as what that is, um, when you get that lake under the right conditions, uh, we are a bobber out there compared to. Well, I was going to say, because I've been in, you know, we just got back from walleye fishing, and we were in 35-foot, you know, big cruisers, and some of them swells are 8, 9, 10 feet, and I can't imagine being in a 21-foot boat. That had to be pretty interesting. You know, it is, but, you know, one of the things, for instance, like the Legend, it has a, a two 1,000-gallon um, pumps, bilge pumps on it, and there's no way, one of the things when, when you get into those type of situations, situations is you have to know your equipment and i know that regardless even if i was to fill the boat completely up with water i'm still going to float there's no way that i'm going to sink to the bottom so you know you can kind of throw that concern out it's not that i want to go out there and you know take enough water over the edge of the boat to fill it up completely but um you know when in doubt the best way when you get on those big waters like that is um either a go out with somebody who has experience or uh, you know, just, just take your time and just understand that if you're going to run 20, 30 miles out, uh, chances are the weather's going to change sometime throughout that course of the day. But just understand that if you're only running eight or nine miles an hour to get out there, it's going to take you, you know, three hours to get to your destination. Sure, and that's not even going against the wind. No, exactly. And, and yeah. one of the frustrating things, like Steve had explained, was that when you take off, let's say if you have a GPS coordinate that's saved out on a shipwreck or a reef or something like that, and you have a wind that's blowing against you, you have those type of waves. You can't just, it's not like on other lakes where you can just point your bow towards that GPS point and take off running. Uh, what you actually have to do is run in between um, the, the swells or in the valleys. And a lot of times when those waves get that big, you, all you can see is nothing but water. So you have to know and kind of pick your course of how to traverse those waves. And it's, it's, a, it's a tedious process. Well, you know, he made a good point about boat preparation, but, you know, knowing the waters, fishing big waters, you have to know what you're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, boat preparation is key because if, if you don't do the, the the northerners, what they say up there is they call it eerie proof or Great Lakes proof. And, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, they actually take, there's different systems. A lot of guys use the ram type mounts to actually batten down their, their trolling motors and the graphs and things like that. I've seen other guys that'll actually just take a steel eye bolt and screw it directly into the top cap of their fiberglass and then they take a, a reinforced strap and wrap it around the trolling motor um, but you, you want to make sure that uh, if you're going to face those type of conditions that you've got everything fastened securely rods and reels in, included because you do, the last thing you want to do is when you're running that rough water is you know dump a trolling motor off into the water or lose a graph or you lose some rods and reels you know and, and what, the other thing is too uh, 
Lake Erie specifically is such a great crate fishery. I mean, there's just so many smallmouth now with uh, those gobies that have infested. But, um, you know, keep in mind that the way that you can fish, because I get a, a lot of questions, how do you fish when you've got those type of waves? And multiple drift socks is a huge key on that, like Steve had pointed out, with using two drift socks. That way you're not, you know, trying to, to use your, your trolling motor batteries and, and burn those up, you know, instantly. Sure. Well, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how much structure you can find in such a big body of water. And with knowing your GPS or topo maps and, you know, earmarking or programming those into your GPS or your fish finder, that's going to save you a lot of time, isn't it? Oh, yes, it does. And now with the, the technologies of, of uh, these GPS units, you know, the, the Navionics chips, a lot of those already have those shipwrecks or those reefs marked. Another way is, you know, that you can actually go to uh, a, a library or some bookstore, and you can actually find, you know, shipwrecks of Lake Erie, uh, which gives the GPS coordinates, and you can actually program those right into your GPS, and, um, you know, you've got that structure located. But the other thing about those bigger lakes, too, is, you know, for instance, we we launched out of Metro Parks there, which is a little bit south of Detroit, which which is where the Detroit River runs into Lake Erie. You know, there's a lot of river fishing that can be done for the largemouth right there in the river. So if you if you trek up that way and the conditions are just such to where you don't feel safe navigating it, um, don't hesitate to, to run into the river and, and try your luck at some, some largemouth because there's a lot of great fish to be had there too. Well, I got news for you. I, I know if there was anything over a five-foot swell, that's where I would be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, some of your best fishing is in those mouth areas, too. No question. You know, the uh, Detroit River runs at seven miles per hour, mm-hmm. and that's hard to conceive. But when you're sitting there and you're drifting, uh, I mean, that's cooking. I mean, that is absolutely flying. So there's a lot of current, um, but there's just so much to offer up there. And, you know, I certainly felt felt. Very, very safe, uh, just given the equipment that, that I had. But, um, you know, there's there's just so much great fishing to be done up there. Well, before we get out of this segment, too, we need to talk about boat control because whenever you get into those kind of conditions, you have to know how that equipment's going to operate. No doubt, no doubt. And, you know, the main thing is is that you want to be sure that if you've got to understand that you've got to take your time. And I can't stress that enough. I mean, just because, you know, my legend will run 78 miles an hour doesn't necessarily mean that you can expect to do that or anything close to that. And keeping that bow up and just knowing that, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time running opposite or parallel with the direction that you want to go. Then you pick a couple waves to go across, um, and then you run that, that course a little bit more. I mean, it, it's tedious, and it, it can get to you mentally. But there again, it's just an, another indication that, you know, just relax and just understand that it, it's going to take some time to, to get where you want to go. Um, but the other thing is make sure you have a marine radio and a cell phone. You know, and yeah. that's one of the things that Steve really pointed out and really stressed is that, um, you know, you're not going to um, be in a situation to where you, you can't maximize on the, that cell phone or that, that weather radio. And as long as you're paying attention, you know, you can avoid a lot of, a lot of uh, bad situations. Oh, absolutely. You know, communications and not only that, but make sure your flotation devices are adequate Bingo. for that kind of water. Yeah, because they don't do you any good if you're not wearing them. No, not at all. You know, I can't believe it, but we got to take another break again. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's flying by, isn't it? I'm telling you, these things go quick. Folks, if you don't mind, uh, would you mind holding on through another break? You're listening to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge TV. Aaron and I will be right back. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's go-to tackle system keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space of my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. 
Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 188-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Hi, folks. We're back on the edge. Outdoors, Dan, and I got Aaron Martin right along with me. You know, Aaron, this is one of my favorite parts of the whole Edge series. That's it's right. The product giveaway. Too bad you can't enter in, Dan. You know, I, it's not fair. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you what. I guess, I guess we can uh, create some sort of staff prize or something for you. Hey, no, you know what? I, I got it. I got it. You can have your own parking place. Well, no, I'm, I'm still waiting for my Aaron Martin. Uh, Cooking bib. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You know, if I can't get that, an apron, a bath edge apron would be great. Chef hat. Uh, yeah, there you go. Chef hat be awesome. <laughs> huh? So uh, what are we doing on the product giveaway and listener email section this week? Hey, we have uh, a neat deal. It is a real cleaning kit from Ardent Reels, and I, I tell you that it's lucky that we even have one because as quickly as these things have been going off the shelves, but they have came up with, it's kind of one of those ideas that, you know, it's like, why didn't I think of that? But they have came up with a real cleaning kit that has all the accessories, uh, the, the cleaning supplies. Uh, featuring the real butter and the real grease that's exclusively designed uh, for reels. And um, I tell you, it's pretty exciting because I know using my reels as much as what I do, a little TLC every now and then certainly keeps those uh, in tip-top shape. Well, you know, as much as you guys change spools on your on your baitcasters, you have to keep those pretty well lubricated. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and then the other thing is, that just the dirt and the grime and the conditions, you know, a lot of times we're fishing when it's pouring down raining or when it's 100 degrees and it hasn't rained in forever and that dust blowing around. Um, bottom line, if, if we don't have a reel to use, I mean, you can't catch fish. All right. Well, who's this week's lucky winner? We actually have a winner, which is Roy from Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. So, have you ever been there? Uh, no, negative. I want to get down here. I hear that's beautiful country. I'm going to be heading to South Carolina um, a little bit later in the year, but I've never been to North Carolina. Yeah, that's one of my destination spots before I die, Raleigh. It's on your top ten list. Huh? That's one of my top ten. All right, so congratulations to Roy. We'll get that uh, sent right out to him. And uh, give us some feedback, Roy, once you get that. love to know how that works. Yeah, real butter, real butter and grease. I like that. That's right. It's that's real. R-E-E-L. Yeah, real. Yep, that's yeah. right. Kind like of real. Yeah. Notice exactly. the symmetry there? It's real. That's real. <laughs> hey, and the email question uh, this week is from Alex in Brandon, Mississippi. He wants to know, he says he's noticed that most shows on television, magazines, and radio and podcast guides give tips and pointers based on fishing from a boat. He fishes on a small subdivision lake from the shore. If there are different mindsets for bank fishing or a certain list of techniques that are di- different from boat fishermen. And, you know, he really raises a good point there. He, he does, Dan. And, you know, I just want to applaud Alex for sending that in because um, so many times we often forget him. I know me, of course, and, and likewise with yourself. And that's where I cut my roots. I mean, was was you know, I grew up on a farm, and we had multiple ponds to be able to fish from, and, and that's how I got hooked on fishing. Well, you know what? It's a different technique. But, I, you know, I honestly believe this. Now, you are a professional. I'm an amateur. But I think you can catch just as many fish from the bank if you go from 9 to 3 and make sure you cover all that water, then you can from a boat. Exactly. You know, if, if you're dealing with a body of water to where time allows and you can actually walk around the whole thing and uh, kind of get a, a feel for what's going on there, um, that's the best way to do it. And one of the things to do is pay attention um, because as if, whether it be a city lake or just a, a farm pond or, or something of, the, of that nature, is that you'll notice that the topography that's along the shoreline Mm-hmm. And transfers down. I mean, it's the same techniques that we use for dissecting a bigger water body of water. Those that contour transfers down into and underneath the water, and you know, bulrushes or grass or the dam side to where they built a spillway. There'll be ledges there. Bottom line is, if you have that opportunity to dissect everything and then 
carry a, you know, whether it be a notepad or if you have a great memory, just remember where you're getting bit. And, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot of times is, isn't that funny? You know, you've got guys on the bank that's casting out where the boats are sitting, and then you've got guys that are in the boats casting back into the bank. Mm-hmm. And it's not that anyone is right or wrong. It's just that the presentation of which, once you get that figured out, those fish will respond as long as you get that bait in front of them. Sure. Well, and, you know, uh, also, Aaron, Alex, if, if you're listening, you, you can actually get uh, fish finders now for bank fishermen. Did you know that? You, you know, I, I think, I, isn't that the ones to where you can actually put them on a kind of a little remote control? Yeah, it actually goes above your above your lure about three or four feet, and it sends back a signal to like a, 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 a wristwatch, and you can watch the uh, topography of the, of the ground right on your wrist. Really? Yeah. Well, well, that would be a huge asset if you really wanted to dissect it, if you didn't have access to a boat. Yeah, well, if you can't get topography maps of the, of the fishing ground that you're in, then that would be another thing. But I think what you just said, you don't have to get high-tech. You can just go out there and make sure you cover all the structure and you'll be set. Right, and, and if even also for Alex, if your time is limited, I think if you concentrate, you know, the, the big thing that I always like is pond, uh, is on ponds is, you know, any points or if they have any type of brush or structure, grass, bulrushes, anything like that. If, if I had a limited amount of time, uh, key in on those high percentage areas first. If there's any type of uh, bank definition where maybe it has a little point or has some structure on it, um, that would probably be my recommendation for starting. Well, there you go. Hey, folks, if uh, you want to take part like Alex did, don't forget to send in a question or comment, and you will be in the weekly drawing. Simply send an email to podcast at bassedge.com with your name and address in the body of the email, and uh, we'll get you covered. Aaron, I guess we got to take our final break, and when we get back, we're going to join Jamie Cypress from Legend Boats, and I know you're anticipating a great interview there. Uh, it's phenomenal. You know, they've introduced this, uh, that we are fortunate enough to be able to debut this Alpha 21 series, and uh, it's, a, it's just a great interview. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. All right, we are back on the edge, and we have with us Jamie Cyphers from Legend Boat Company. Jamie, thanks so much uh, for being part of the edge today. Aaron, I appreciate you having me. How are you doing this morning? I, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, it's uh, anxious to get back out on the water, you know. Uh, it's always it's kind of that time of year to where the, the fish are, are kind of recovering from, from post-spawn. But, uh, you know, specifically, um, I, I wanted to have you on here to, to talk about uh, there's some Really, really exciting things that's going on with with Legend Boats, with the introduction of of uh, two specific lines, and then obviously the ongoing quality that you have, uh, kind of with your flagship line. But before we get into the specifics, I wanted to, you know, just make our listeners aware of really who is Legend and the culture behind that, and how you guys got your start, and uh, maybe you can enlighten us, enlighten us in those areas a little bit. Well, Legend Boats got its start in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, the concept behind Legend Boats came about in 2001. Uh, by 2002, um, Randy Qualls, our president, and Dean Smith, our CEO, and a handful of other people have gotten together with uh, a gentleman in the industry who himself is a legend. That's the very name, uh, Mr. John Story. 
and had start, uh, started retooling and designing and taking some of John's, um, John's past uh, companies he had done work for and taking those concepts and trying to basically update them, bring them into the 21st century and, and uh, get, a, get an idea behind a, a faster, more versatile boat uh, with a lot, more, uh, a lot of strength and integrity and just a, a boat that really reflects our whole concept of speed, strength, stability, and style all put together in more of a small and custom, custom kind of, I, I would say almost the, you know, Orange County choppers of bass boats or the Harley Davidsons, just a, just a really upper echelon custom boat. And uh, these guys started doing that in late 2001. In 2002, we started prototyping some boats. And by 2003, we were in production. And uh, it's just blown up from there. It's just been amazing. You know, Jamie, one of the things, you know, talking about, um, you know, the boats and the design and legend specifically is that, you know, you're a smaller company that loves to take care of people and their customers, you know, based out of the manufacturing facility, based out of, of Midway, Arkansas there. But yet, you know, you've done some things that, that has really drawn a lot of national attention. Well, you're absolutely right there. And, uh, and you know, we are a small company. And, uh, it's one of the beautiful aspects of Legend Boats is that, um, you know, we've grown to all of a sudden now we're the sixth largest uh, bass boat company in the country, which, I mean, the growth has been has been unparalleled, but we really don't want to get huge. We, we want to build 400, 500 boats a year, and uh, for our customers, the greatest thing is nobody's a number. I mean, every, anybody that's involved in the Legend family, it really is kind of a family. Um, we get a lot of input. Our customers give us a lot of great input that helps make you know, our boats better, because we all fish. Everyone involved in our organization fish, fishes, and just like you, Aaron, you fish. Sure. And, and when you go out and you run these shows in Bass Edge, and you guys go and you, you know, you torture test these boats across the country in different elements, and, and you call up and you say, you know, to Dean Smith or Randy Qualls or to myself, listen, this is, I've got a great idea. This is something that'll take this boat one step further. Well, we listen to that, and that stuff gets followed into our engineers, and we make notes of that, and when our customers do that. So on one end, being small, our customers get great customer service and actually get to have some input on to make the boats better because the guys that are buying our boats are not, we, we're not really selling boats to like some of the other manufacturers do to the guy that goes ahead and buys a boat, maybe fishes out of it four or five times a year, and it sits in the garage, and it's just something there to have. The guys, the people that are buying our boats are people that fish every weekend, and they're tournament fishermen, and they fish with their families and their guys, and they're people that go out and use a boat and need a product that can really stand up through that use and look good after a year or two. And so that's the one end of it is we're, we're, the people buying our boats are people that are diehard fishermen. These are people that are born and bred salt of the earth bass anglers that don't want to spend $60,000 on a boat. They want a good, fair value. They want great customer service, but they want the best product. And that's the niche we're finding right now. Well, and with that being said, you know, I consider that kind of from the bottom up versus the top down. Instead of trying to take, you know, a one-size-fits-all approach and then forcing that into the market to, you know, the anglers and the, and the fishermen to say, okay, here's the choices. This is what you have to go. One of the things that Legend has done so very well at is of what you just said. You know, it's, it's, it's boats that are designed by the fishermen that have that input. And I, I think that's a, you know, a testament to just the growth and, and what is taking place across the country right now. And, and likewise, you know, you brought up a good point as far as with Randy and yourself and Dean. You know, every time that I've spoken with any of the staff uh, from Legend, um, you know, it's, 
they, they truly, truly care about your concern or your question or getting it done. You're not just a number. You're not having to, you know, to go through the gatekeeper. If you have an issue, um, you know, Legend's going to take care of it, and, and that goes a long ways when you're out here traveling trying to, uh, you know, to, to get things done on the road. So um, now transitioning over into, you know, the, the specific product, talk a little bit about, um, you know, there's some design things and, and the strength of the transom, you know, some of the lines and things like that that, that you have out. Can you, can you go into a little bit of detail there? Absolutely. And just going right along with what we were, what we were actually talking about as far as um, our customers and people having input on our product and, and, and the family aspect of the Legend Boats. We kind of feel like our customers, everybody's kind of a family. And so there's a lot of features we can talk about that are fisherman-friendly features that we put on our boats, and, and just getting into a legend, um, per se, like our new Alpha series, um, if you were to get into one of our boats, one of the things you're going to notice is we have one of the cleanest functioning uh, front fishing stations in the industry, and it'll hold a 7-inch diagonal graph. It's positioned in, an air, in, in just the right angle that when you get up in there, when you get up in front of it and you're actually looking down at your graph, you're not going to get a lot of glare. You're going to get a good color picture off that graph. And it's something that Gary Yamamoto designed. And and next to that, you actually have a digital clock. And for most people, you know, they might, why put a digital clock there? Well, we're fishing tournaments. And, and we've all forgot watches. And we've all seen a lot of money get wasted on a watch going dead or a battery going dead on a GPS. But having this up there on nanosecond, now, nanometers, it doesn't draw any power, so you've always got a digital clock there. You've also got a battery rundown alarm there. So before your crank battery is ever going to go down, you're in a situation that's going to give you a beep and let you know, hey, crank me up, buddy, or else I may leave you on the back of Table Rock. Sure. And then the last thing it has is it's got a temperature gauge to your live wells. So for these hot summer tournaments, you can always look down and know, you know, is it time to add ice or should I get some rejuvenate in there? And those, those are just the little simple features that you see just in the front of our fishing station. When you actually get back into our boat, you'll notice things like uh, we have bait racks. Our, our, uh, our bait racks hang on the inside of our lids. They're just great little places that you can stick your baits to keep them out of the way so you're not catching a hook, something that's going to ruin your day uh, in the middle of fishing. Um, our rod racks, another thing, they're oval. And I've seen other companies recently copy this, but they're ovaled out. And the big thing there is so you can get spinning rods in. We want you to be able to get some rooms because more people are using spinning rods these days because we need to be much more versatile in the water for fishing all over the country. So from that aspect, you're just going to find a lot of really friendly fishermen features. Our rigging compartment, you know, our battery charging systems, everything is set up by fishermen. Because anybody that's had to stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning to switch out live well pumps or aerator pumps and stuff to get ready for another day of fishing knows that you want it to be as functional and easy to get into as possible. But the next aspect of the boat, and I think that's what you were keying on, you, were, you wanted to talk about the structural integrity of these boats, right, Aaron? Yeah, but, I mean, you know, just for instance, like what you just said there with the live well pumps, I mean, everything, you open that back door and boom, it's right there. You don't have to take undue screws. It's right there within reach, just like you brought up about the, you know, the graph. I fish, you know, I'll fish a lot of deep water to where I'm drop shotting vertically fishing. Well, you know, always before those bigger graphs, you couldn't find a space to put them. You had to put them on a ram mount, which is, you know, that's great too. But the problem there is if if you mounted that ram mount right in the center, you're always wrestling your trolling motor cable uh, to, to get the, you know, the cord around that ram mount so that you don't throw your graph off 
often Absolutely. Like, so. And we've all seen those ram mounts fail at times. I mean, they're yep. a great product and they're useful, but we've all seen graphs go flying right out the back. Exactly. <laughs> you smile as much as I do in that $1,100 ram mount out the back, right? Yeah. We're interviewing here and in. And uh, and everything. Uh, do I get to ask the host a question? Sure, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Now, you, you're real familiar with our product now, yep. and, I, and I know your feelings on what we're doing. So I'm not even going to turn this into any kind of a any kind of an ad or anything, because you and I both know how we feel about this product. But is in all the boats, and as long as you've been fishing tournaments and everything, everything you've been involved in, would you say that the the legend has the cleanest rigging? and back end of any boat you've ever seen in your life. No, no, no question. You know, um, when to, to say to that, just from, you know, even from the, the way that the batteries are positioned to, you know, you don't have to wrestle the, you know, batteries are heavy and they're not the funnest thing to try and get in a, uh, you know, a two foot by one foot compartment. But when you open up that back lid, everything is right there and you can change those batteries out you know, just instantaneously, like you said, the internal compartments um, and, and the storage space. You know, I'm a, for some reason, anglers, you know, we, we try and pack enough tackle that we'll never fish with in a lifetime. But, you know, for whatever reason, you, you never know when you're going to need that bait. And just the storage maximization that you have throughout that boat, um, the way that the, the lids open, you can get your rods out very easily. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no question. I mean, it is just a, it's just a top of the line, top of the line boat. Well, like I said, when you get in there, there's, and there's a couple things, you know, as far as like the 7-inch diagonal graphs, we're the only company in the country that can put them in dash and in the bow. Uh, some companies can put them one or the other, but we've got them set up so we can protect those uh, graphs front and back. And it's very ergonomic when you get in behind our steering wheel. When you get in there, you've got a great line of sight on that graph. You've got a great line of sight over the, over the top of the boat. Um, the front of our boat, some people are used to you know, a boat company that John had designed years ago that's known very well for the ride, but the boat's kind of fished upwards on an angle, and you were always, they weren't a great stability boat as far as setting the hook real hard or fishing all day, you kind of fished uphill, and when you get into our boat and you get, get in that cockpit, and that's really, I think, what really sells people is when they get down and they look at the lines, they get, they look at all the craftsmanship, but when you get behind the wheel of that boat, and you get that boat up and feel that ride. And one thing you'll notice versus other boats is the front of the boat tapers down a little bit. And it just gives you a great line of sights. It, it gives you a situation where you have that even with good lift and you're running down the lake, that you can see everything you need to see around you, which is a great safety feature, that it's going to enhance your overall uh, experience behind there. But when you shut that boat down and you pull in and you're flipping an 8-foot rod and you're back El Kachobee and and you get down, you know, a 50-pound braid, and you're going to rip something out, and you want to hit that fish so hard that that fish's next spot's in the boat. It's a very stable platform to fish from. This is not a boat that's going to rock and roll all over you. You're going to be able to lay into that fish, put that fish in the boat, and you'll notice it's, it's you've got a very solid, stable platform, which is very, you know, very important, too. And that comes into when we start talking about the boat and the craftsmanship and what we've done in the rigging compartment and the weight placement. We've changed a lot of things, you know, and just from from our inception, we've changed things because we've learned. I mean, sure. with our new Alpha boat, we've made some changes there in weight distribution because we want a boat that not only is going to give you the best ride on the, on the market, we want a boat that's going to give you the best handling on a market, but we want you to have the most stable platform to actually fish because in the end all end, that's what you're there to do. Well, and I think, you know, that the uh, research and development that that has went into this is then to take it a step further beyond just, you know, just the quality. 
I think it's it's even taken to a new level because of you know some of the things that you're involved with. You know, given your just your owners tournament that was recently at, at Lake Fork. Uh, you know, you guys gave away four boats. You had 828 participants. That's I mean, amazing, isn't it? to be around since 2002 and to have 828 participants in an owners tournament. Um, you know, then and then you're also national sponsors for for Anglers Choice, and I think what Team Bass Oklahoma is that right? Uh, yeah, Team Bass Arkansas. Oh, you're right. Team yeah. Bass Arkansas. Uh, we're a sponsor with them right there in our backyard. So um, just right there in our backyard in Arkansas. Um, uh, Dwayne Henshu, who's our Midwestern mm-hmm. rep and director and handled a lot of different aspects for us, um, is the owner of uh, Fishers of Men, Oklahoma. And so we're both sponsor with them. And, of course, we give away uh, a tw- uh, LE21 or a 211 uh, each year with them. And then we're Ang- uh, the national sponsor with English Choice. So, we, yeah, for being a small, you know, a lot of little upstart companies have bounced around, and they may, you know, make boats in their backyard and sell to a specific little niche. But the concept with Legend, the way it, it just, it seemed like the market was just right. And I think with having the history and having um, somebody like John Story, who's, you know, who is a legend in himself, uh, doing the original tooling on these boats and getting involved in that name, I think, I think the market was just really right where people want people want a great product and they don't want to settle for a lower-end product. They don't want to have to go down and buy a cheaper boat. But people don't want to spend $70,000 for a bass boat or 60000 It's just getting to that point where I think the average angler was starting to kind of scratch their head and say, you know, this is just getting a little too out of line. I want the best product. I deserve to have the best product, but I want a fair value. And I think that just opened the door for us to come national because – it really did. It just exploded into a situation where we were able to, from coast to coast, all of a sudden there was a demand for our product. And so with that key in on that, we started uh, trying to get key players and getting the key fishermen in those areas that you know to, to help us promote it. And, and you're right. It's um, for a smaller company, um, Legend Boats, you know, we're on the cover this month of Bass and Walleye Magazine, uh, Bass and Walleye Boats. We're on the cover of, uh, of uh, Bass West USA. And just in the recent months here, we've had Pam Martin-Wells, one of our flagship female anglers for the WBT, won, won the Classic, you know, first ever woman to She wins the first tournament, turns around and wins the first Classic uh, tour title. And then Benny Matsubu knocks off a big Elite Series tournament. And it just seems just uh, we've, we've been really fortunate. I guess we're focusing in the right areas. You know, college fishing's getting big. They have the first Smash Mouth tournament. What happens? Our guys go out and win it. So I think Max, with just having good diehard anglers and getting the right people involved in our company, it shows that, that we're key into the right anglers because our anglers are just seem like they're winning stuff all over the place. And uh, that matched with the fact that we are probably building one of the finest boats in the industry by far is, is taking a small company to a huge, huge amount of uh, notoriety, I guess you'd say. Well, Jamie, unfortunately, we have we have reached our limit. But I will say, you know, one thing to add there, I, I, you know, I'm just a firm believer in the law of attraction. And when you focus on on building quality like Legend does and continues to do, and and continuing to raise the bar uh, within the the bass boat market, I think it's only um, you know only going to to make sense that uh, quality people will be drawn to that who appreciate that. And I think that's uh, the reason for why many of the, the legend pro staff are seeing, you know, tremendous success is because they have an eye for quality and, and you guys uh, have done a very good job 
of uh, of bridging that gap. And you know, I'm I'm excited to see what's what's on the docket uh, for the next few months, and and certainly with with this new Alpha series, the 199, you know, being introduced a year ago, and now the 211, that's that's really just a, about a month old. Um, you know, I can promise you, we are definitely going to have you on here uh, additional times to to go into a little bit more detail. But I certainly appreciate your time and, and for you being a part of the Edge today. Well, it's a pleasure, and you know, and I absolutely appreciate it too. And I look forward to a great relationship, and uh, and uh, look forward to watching Bass Edge this Saturday. That's right. All right, Jamie. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Ron. So Dan, being uh, someone who normally functions out of uh, maybe a little bit smaller or different type of boat, um, Jamie had some good stuff to say. You know, it's amazing to me some of the features they had in there. and I didn't know that they put that much of, uh, I don't want to say integrity, but they, they put that much thought into the process of that boat. That was amazing. Well, and, that, and, and you bring up a good point because that is one of the reasons why that, you know, when we had started uh, uh, working with Legend, you know, they have taken basically the the input of several fishermen um, from amateur all the way up to professional levels and have taken that input to, to really build a first-class boat that is designed around fishermen, and that's one of the things that I appreciate about that. Well, it's like anything. I know the people that I pro staff for, they want that input from the field, and, you know, that helps make a better product for everyone out there, Aaron. It does, and, you know... The, the, Little things such as just like the the angle that the front graph you know is mounted at. I mean, it it protects it from sun. Uh, it gives you a perfect view every time, um, all the way back to you know the the back interior compartment. I mean, it's completely finished. Um, just the the stringer system that they have for the transom, as far as the strength and the durability. Um, you know, I mean, it's just second to none, and and we're really fortunate and and really privileged to to be able to run the Legend brand. Sure. Now, if I was going to put you on the spot, what would be the best feature of that new Alpha series in your mind? Oh, man. Um, boy, it has several. Um, I would have to say that, you know, just little things like the, it's the little details. For instance, they have inside of their live wheels, they have a temperature gauge that's mounted up front. And, you know, one of the things about fishing this time of year, for instance, in the summer, is that, you know, fish care. Uh, whenever you have to contain or hold those fish uh, to be able to take them back to the weigh-in, is that you want to make sure that those fish, whether it be through chemical but also through water temperature, are going to be doing very, very well. And just being able to look down and see that that inter- internal temperature of the live well, um, you know, that's a that's a huge asset. It even has lights in the live well. You know, mm-hmm. just being able to to do some of those things. So well, that's neat. And was it just me, or did I notice that those guys really care about family? There? Well, and uh, you know, it's it's not just you, and and that's another sole reason we felt that you know Bass Edge are our biggest push is to make sure that companies that we're affiliated with, that as we introduce things, uh, whether it be products or philosophies uh, through, under the Bass Edge brand, that our viewers and listeners um, have the confidence to be able to go out and utilize those products in their everyday fishing. So, you know, it's just like being one of the one of the family members. I have the ability to call uh, the president of the company, the president of manufacturing, uh, anytime I want to give them feedback, and they welcome that. Oh, you know what? I'm telling you, that's worth. That's priceless when it comes to a value to someone, and especially for someone that's in competition like you are, because you need to know things. And if you can pick up the phone and get first-hand answers, uh, Aaron, that's, you just really can't get anything better than that. Yeah, just to give you an example, you know, on that, if, for instance, we did a, a, our very first filming for season two uh, was mm-hmm. down at Kentucky Lake. Randy called me. Randy Qualls called me three times throughout the course of that day. 
um, just to make sure that everything that we didn't need anything that everything was working because we actually um, you know the, that the boat that we're running was actually the number one boat that came off the line and he just wanted to make sure that they got everything that it was running that it didn't hold us up and they do that across the board with all their anglers I mean it's just truly a, a family atmosphere you mean you got zero zero one <laughs> that's right that's right uh, how did that work uh well it's just you know the importance we we believe so so firmly in in getting this the mission and the vision of, of legend out there because they are a smaller company and um so we just wanted to make sure that it was included in its entirety for all of season two well that sounds great about legend boats folks if you haven't checked that out make sure you go check them out online it sounds like a great product and a great family atmosphere there Hey, once again, Aaron, we're already out of time. This edge thing goes by so quick. It does, but, you know, that's what happens when you get to sit around and talk about things that you love to do and are passionate about. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week. We're going to talk about Cindy Hill. Now, who is Cindy Hill? Cindy Hill is actually a WBT competitor who uh, has a lot of roots, came over from Bassengal, um circuit and now is on the wbt trail but she will be here to talk about current and then also specifically fishing jigs all right we'll be doing that we'll also be giving away another great prize make sure you visit us folks at www.bassedge.com to get entered in all the contests we're doing and for aaron martin this is outdoors dan young and i want to say thanks again for listening to the edge this week's edition of bass edges the edge has been brought to you by b&w trailer hitches cooks tackle management systems Locker Bar Boat Security Systems and MegaWare Keel Guard. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com.